Hosea chapter 4. And so go ahead and turn in your Bible and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Hosea chapter 4, 1 through 11. And everybody has a handout, I believe, so we should be in good shape. And so uh, let's just start off. It says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. Now, does that sound like a prophet or not? Yes. Sounds like he's probably up on his soapbox preaching to the people, you know. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. So if you if you want to have a lesson or you want to preach a message, there's your three-point outline right there. And you could do that today. You could stand up on the street corner, you can go down to the to the square here in Harrisonville and you can you could go the Lord has a controversy with the people of the land because there is no truth. And and believe me when you turn on that TV and look at the news, you just sit there and you just shake your head like, I'm not believing a word they're saying. Okay? There is no truth. And not only that, it's from our government. There's no truth there. It's like you have to weigh everything you hear to see and, and ask God to give you discernment to, to figure out what is lies and what is truth anymore. Because you just can't take people's word that they're telling you the truth. Now, am I talking to... Am I saying anything that you guys don't know? Probably not. I mean, you guys have all been around the block a little bit, and you realize, hey, I'm going to smell everything out before I taste it, right? So, he says, the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, there is no nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Now, that's a sad state. That is a sad state. And it says, By swearing and lying and killing and stealing, committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Boy, that's pretty intense. Even the fish are going to be taken away. Verse 4, Yet let no man strive, nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt thou fall on the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people like priests. And I will punish them for their ways, and reward them for their doings. For they shall eat, and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom, and shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. 
So we're going to stop right there today. That's enough bad things to be talking on. And so uh, we'll probably get our fill right there. But before we go any farther, I forgot to mention any announcements today. And I'm sitting here looking. Here they are. Harvest party's coming up. Now, you just saw a picture kind of how my mind works. It just bounces back and forth. And I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I didn't say anything about announcements. And I'm in a hurry to get going, so I'm going to stop. Harvest party's coming up. Anybody that wants to run a booth in here, you are more than welcome to sign up and run a booth. church that morning before the harvest party? Because you're going to be setting up and doing stuff. I would say we'll probably clean it up. What do you guys want to do? This, this is your party. Before <laughs> after the party? Uh, no, not after the party. I would say before the party because everything after the party is going to be on them. Aren't they going to be setting up early though? They probably will, but you know what? I wouldn't worry about them setting up. I would do the things that need to be done in here. You know, like the bathrooms and... And so, yes, do the bathrooms and the sweeping. I, I would do the main things. And we have a list of things to do. Vacuum the carpet areas, take out the trash, clean the bathrooms, dust and mop. So basically the same things we've always done. Um, what do you guys want to do that day? Well, let's read. 11 to 3. I would say if you guys could be here at 8 would work. Now, if you remember, I will not be here that day. Oh, convenient. Yeah. I'm, hopefully, we'll be on vacation that day. There you go. Um, what else is more fun than that? You can come help us clean. And then leave. Okay. Uh, I'll probably be gone the week before. If everything runs well. Uh, That you guys can work out. I would say it would be best probably to get here at 8 or 8.30, do the main things, and then go from there. Okay. And if you want to run a booth, I don't know, is anybody in here running a booth? Are you guys signed up to do something? It just depends. I'm in limbo right now. We might be taking our granddaughter and her friends to Worlds of Fun that day for her, well, today's her birthday, but... Okay. So we're kind of like, might be a spur. We've always ran one, so I don't know. Yeah, okay. So, um, yes, yeah, so if you'd like to, you can sign up out in the entryway. And I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll show you. It's just like a job. Here you go, go at it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see what else is on our list. Uh, men's Bible and Breakfast, October the 16th, for you men. Uh, fabulous fifth Sunday will be coming up, so we won't have class in here that day. And so I need to find somebody to fill in for me. So Rex, I may talk to you about that. But uh, daylight savings, oh my gosh, I didn't even want to see that. Uh, that's going to be popping up on the seventh. So I know, um, I know the Bibles. The Bible team will be putting together some John and Romans uh, twelve hundred for for. Mitch and Jody's Halloween deal and some for our church and I think some for Dave Branham so be ready to work on a day doing that too you don't know the date. I don't know the date yet so we're trying to get everything in order before we set a date are you going to eat 
what would you rather I do? Well, she's got a new email. She has a new email. Yes. She's got a Gmail address now, so that's doing well. He's going to hand out at the, at his house during the Halloween. Yeah, and they did that last year, so they're going to do that again this year. So they have a big deal. Yeah. So, and if you guys would like to hand things out on Halloween, their house would be a good place to go. So, like a thousand kids show up last year. That's good. So that'll be good. No. It's Pearl Street. Harrisonville blocks Pearl Street. I knew it was the main street. I just didn't remember who was Pearl or. Yeah, the police department blocked that street, and so the kids could just run up and down, and there's thousands that come there. Wow. Almost all the houses do something. You gotta be careful where you go these days. Okay. Yeah. So, any any other announcements today, and we'll get going. Our granddaughter got married yesterday. So. So which granddaughter? The one that was in K State? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, were we praying for her or fiance for something health reason just lately? Their graduation and stuff. To, uh, uh, That's been okay. Yeah. Okay. He's he's still in school. I think he finishes this semester. Okay. Um, they're going to live in a just like a little travel trailer for a while because he's still going to K State, and I think she's working up here, and they're just going to. The trailer wherever they want to go. Really? Okay. Well, and that was yesterday. Where did they get married at? Uh, at their house yesterday at Drexel. Oh, okay. The, the Merwin Christian Church pastor that did the service. And okay. It was, he different. Never, it's way, it was way different than Merwin. Merwin. Where, where's the Merwin? I, I know it's some. Uh, just south, south of Drexel on 18. Okay. So it's a coal town, right? Mm-hmm. It's a coal town? Uh, uh, or it had been? Yeah, Amsterdam and Merwin and all of that. Okay. That goes down through the, uh, to the power plant. Okay. The, yeah. Well, great. Congratulations yeah. for them and, and you all. So that's always neat. That so. was our firstborn grandchild. And our youngest is seven. And she's the first to get married. And yeah. she's the first to get married. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to them. Okay, so back to Hosea. And uh, so we just read this nice, beautiful passage (laughs) that we had. So first of all, the Lord says he has a controversy with who? The inhabitants of the land. So what is a controversy? What is a controversy? What is a controversy? Because it says the... the like an argument. Um, what is it? Okay, somewhat. Any, what else? When you have a controversy with somebody... Okay, a disagreement. Um, I'm going to say maybe a strife. Disagreement. Okay, um, 
hopefully we don't have a lot of controversies with people, but the, when the Lord says he has a controversy with the people of the land, there's a problem. It's kind of like Houston, we have a problem, right? We have an issue, an issue. So, okay. Right, God has an opinion, and but it's it's even even a little bit more than that. In this particular setting, it's it's basically a judicial case. So it's a it's like it's like you have some a case enough to take somebody to court with. Okay. I mean, it's it's serious. It's just not a, you know, you're disagreeing with your wife over where you're going to eat lunch at. It's this is a deal that it's a big deal. So it starts off right off the bat. The Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, and then it basically says why he has it. But before we get there, I want to point out that this God has controversies with people quite a bit in the Bible. And so, well, let's look at a couple of them. I want you to, we have it here in, in Hosea 4.1, but I want you to turn over to Micah chapter 6 and verse 2. Micah is right behind Jonah. Micah 6 verse 2. Page 1131. <laughs> I have trouble with these minor prophets, so if you have trouble with them, don't think anything of it. Uh, chapter 6 and verse 2 of Micah. Micah is another one of these spitfire prophets that just gets up in people's grill and just, you know, lets them have it. Uh, chapter 6 and verse, let's start off in verse 1. It says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's controversy. And ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. Okay? So every time that you see the people disobeying God, it gets to a point, and then God will have a case against them because they're not following what he said. So that you'll see that all through the Bible. It's nothing new, right? And so, uh, turn over to Jeremiah. Hold your finger in Hosea. We'll be back there in a minute. Turn back to Jeremiah, chapter 25. Jeremiah, chapter 25. see if I have the right verse here. Is everybody there? A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth, for the Lord hath a what's it say? Controversy. I'm in chapter I'm in verse thirty one. I'm in I didn't tell you the verse. This is guess the verse, guys. Jeremiah twenty five verse thirty one. We'll read it again. Jeremiah twenty five thirty one. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with the nations, and he will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. Now this, what's the context here? 
the Lord has a controversy with, but what time period are we talking about? Well, let's keep reading. Uh, close. Chapter, or verse 32. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised from the coast of the earth. And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day. Okay, now did we just get a context? What's that day a reference to? It's it's the second coming. And whenever you see a whirlwind in the Bible, always has to deal with God's judgment also. And also, most of the time, has to deal with the second coming also. So you, once you get some of these key words, and you're reading, no matter where in the Bible, and you see them, your mind automatically goes to the context. What's God saying? He's talking about the second coming. Well, at the second coming, there's going to be a, a judgment upon the people, upon all the lands of the people, and there's going to be a great slaughter. And if we know that, uh, you know, the battle of Armageddon, the Lord has a controversy with those people because they're all coming about out against him. So here's, here's a controversy that really ends in fatal judgment here. And if you're taking notes, Ezekiel chapter 44 and verse 24 basically says the same thing. It's an end time judgment. And so God has a controversy with his people when they disobey him. And there comes a head. And that final head that it comes to is at the battle of Armageddon at the very end when God basically wipes everybody out that uh, is against him. Ezekiel 44:24. Okay, so, and then it says back in Hosea, we're going to get back there, and we're going to look at, okay, so why does he have a controversy with the people? Well, because there is no truth, there is no mercy, and there is no knowledge of God. Now, let me stop, since, since you know I like to ask questions in here to keep you guys on your toes. Who has no truth, who has no mercy, and who has no knowledge of God? Who are we talking about here? Are we talking about God, or are we talking about the people? The people. people. I mean, God always has truth, because God is truth, right? And yet God always has mercy up to a certain point, and God always has knowledge of God. So we're not talking about God, we're talking about the people here. The controversy that God has is with his people is because they have no truth, they have no mercy, and they have no knowledge of God. And yet, down in the passage, it talks about the priests. And he's mad with them also because the priests aren't telling the people what the law says and what the Old Testament says and what they need to be doing. So it's like, you know, it's just it's just a, a mess that's going on here. So let's look at this. You know, I was thinking about this. It's not any different than today, is there? When you look around our land, it's just, you know, there's there's no truth here. There's no mercy. There's really no mercy, and there's no knowledge of God. Okay, so what is truth? If I asked you all to tell me what truth is. What would truth be? How would you define it? The Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. Great answer. John seventeen seventeen. Thy word is truth. Okay. And so that's John seventeen seventeen. In fact, let's turn there and look at it. John seventeen seventeen. 
And if you don't have this verse marked in your Bible, you need to mark it. You need to circle it. You need to do something with it. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So let's go a little bit farther. If I asked you to define what truth is without using the Bible, what would you say? In other words, if we went to Webster's Dictionary, how would it define what truth is? What is truth? You know, it's not fair to use... You can't... I mean, we did use the best the best definition in the Bible because truth is God's Word. But what is God's Word, I guess, if we go that far? How, what adjectives would you use for God's Word? Absolutely. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word was God. The Word was God. Okay, so Jesus is truth. Okay. So, wh- what what else is truth? I guess we could we could line up all the adjectives that describe who Jesus is, and that would be what truth is. But you know, I had not really thought about this. But basically, truth is defined as steadfastness. Steadfastness. Okay. Something that is always the same. Something that you can count on. Something that never changes. God's Word doesn't change, does it? It is steadfast. His laws are steadfast. And so, steadfastness would be another word that you could use for truth. Okay? So, um, turn over to... We're already in John, so let's, let's back up to chapter 16... And verse 23. And I'm going to have somebody read that for me. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Okay. That's a good verse. Not the one I wanted, but <laughs> I think I wrote down wrong. Um, we heard that the other day when we were talking about that. Okay, I just flat wrote down the wrong verse. Okay, so we'll skip over that and we'll go to a different verse. Turn over to Proverbs twenty two twenty one. Proverbs twenty two twenty one. So I'll have somebody read that one. Proverbs twenty two twenty one. Uh huh. That I might that I might make thee known the certainty of the words of the truth, that thou mightest answer the words of the truth to them that sent unto thee. Okay. So it talks about the certainty of the words of truth. They are certain. Okay, just again, backs up. What is truth? It's steadfastness. It's certainty. Okay? And so, the Lord says there is no steadfastness in the land. It's basically what he's saying right off the bat. Number one, there is no truth. There is no steadfastness, no certainty in the land. So, what's he trying to say? It's a (laughs) free-for-all. 
No, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. There is nothing. There's nothing set in society, and it's kind of what we see today. It's just it, anything goes when the whistle blows. I mean, it's just you know, um, it's, it's it's a mess. And so I don't know how how things are when you have kids in your house, and it's like it can get that way real quick. Uh, probably Beverly, you probably really have an idea on this. If you just let things go, and you have no no rules in the house, and you just let whatever happens happens, it probably gets in chaos pretty quick. That's, that's everybody's house, okay? <laughs> okay. Yes, you know, you, there are some kids that, there are some families that they're, they just let their children run, and you're like, oh my God. But that's kind of how it is with God's people. When, when they don't follow His rules, it's, it's, a, it's chaos. So there's no truth. And then he said back in Hosea, the second thing God says is he goes, I have a controversy with you guys because there is no mercy. No mercy in the land. So what is mercy? So See, every time I read the Bible, I have to go back and get my dictionary out, get my Bible out, and go, okay, I have to find all these things. What is mercy? I, I tiled a lady's house last summer. Her name was Mercy. And I thought that was the neatest name. And she was a Christian. I, I talked to her a little bit. But but uh, her name was Mercy. But what is Mercy? And again, this is the advanced class. See, there's compassion. More passion. Compassion. Okay. Um, Forgiveness. Okay. I'm reading it on my dictionary. Are you really? Okay. So you have what now? Forgiveness? Uh, uh, compassion and forgiveness. Compassion? Okay. I would say those would fit. Um, I defined it as loving kindness. Mercy is loving kindness. Do we have an overabundance of that in our country today? No. We don't, do we? Wow, I mean, it's like this message it could be hitting home here, right? There's no forgiveness, no compassion, no loving kindness in the world, it seems like. And, and if you... Word doesn't need the E after it. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. No, the E after R. Yeah. After all. Yeah, there you okay. go. Okay. Uh, so there is no mercy, no loving kindness. Now, how do we define that in the Bible? Let's turn over to Genesis. Now, what what I did to try to find out uh, the meanings of some of these, I just I just get a concordance out, which Carrie has in the back, and I, I try to find the first place that I see it, and go back to the law of first mention, go back and see how it's used in the context. Many times that will help me find out. So I just use the Bible to compare itself. Okay. So the first place that I saw this, mercy, was in Genesis 19.19. So let's go there and look at it. Genesis 19.19. And it's not what I thought before I went there. Because... Uh, 
Genesis 19.19 is in the middle of the story with Lot. When Lot is pulled out of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, let's look at this. Verse 19 says, of Genesis 19. Let me make sure I got my... Uh, yes. It says, Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. So here we have Lot actually begging for mercy and thanking them for mercy and uh, admitting that the angel showed him some mercy when they pulled him out of that Sodom and Gomorrah and but he but you will also see that grace and mercy are really close connected. Okay? Grace and mercy. Okay. So, we see here that... uh, So, let's go over in another place. And I'll say, go over to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 5 and 6. No, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 5, we're going to start in verse 6. Does anybody know what, what where we're at, what we're talking about in the context here in Deuteronomy chapter uh, chapter 5 that we're at here? Ten the Ten Commandments. So we're talking about the Ten Commandments here, and the Lord's giving them out, and Moses is, is, is writing these down, and he says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Everybody there? Okay? Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath and that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Okay? So mercy is God showing His loving kindness to people. And it does have a connection with people that love Him and and obey Him. Now God's going to love people that don't obey him and don't follow him, but he's not going to have mercy on them. Okay? Because mercy is his loving kindness. So he's going to pour it out upon thousands of thousands if if there's a relationship there. So mercy, I would define as, like we said, forgiveness, compassion, loving kindness. And there is none of that in the land. So what we're seeing here are, are basically attributes of God that he wants in his children and they are not possessing them. Okay? And then the third thing he says he had a controversy with them back in Hosea is that there is no knowledge of God. And that one you just sit there and scratch your head and you go, wait a minute, how can God's people not have a knowledge of God? Again, is that not Laodicean church period today? People want to have a form of godliness, but they don't have godliness. 
They, they want to play church, but they don't have a relationship with God. And so here he says, there is no knowledge of God. And what, how, would we define, how would we define knowledge? I'm just full of questions today, aren't I? I you're going to have to bring a dictionary when you come to this class. Maybe, is that why you've got a, a concordance back there, Carrie? I don't know why you have that. Why did you get that concordance? Are you checking up on me or what? Oh, you had another verse. Okay. And so, what is knowledge? That's what I have. Understanding. Right. Knowledge and understanding kind of go together. You have to know facts. You have to know the facts, but you have to understand what those facts mean. Okay? And so, knowledge of God is having the facts of God. Having the truth of God. Knowing about His mercy. And so what we're seeing so far is, God says, I have a controversy with you guys because you have no truth in you. There is no mercy in you. And there is no knowledge of me in you. So basically, they're not following God's laws. Why do you think they're not following God's laws? Why do people today not follow God or follow His laws? No relationship. Is that what you said? Okay. So no relationship. A lot of people today don't believe God exists. No belief. Well, they go to the truth. People just, well, whatever they say is the truth is the truth, which they don't want to give up their... Can't be their life. They think they have to give up. I don't explain. Uh, that's the self-indulgence. I'm going to do what I want. Right. They want to give a bunch of books and rules and regulations. Right. And I'm Self-centered. They don't want to give God anything. Um, it's all about me, 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 me. How about this one? I, I do like that because that fits right in where I want it. Too busy. Too busy. Okay. People are just too busy. They don't care. They're self-centered. They don't want to know about God. Because they're too busy doing what they want. And you know what? We can't be real hard on this group because there are times when we can fit right in with them. Or I know I can. There's been times in my life when I was too busy. I had to. I had to work. I had to do this. I had to do that. Um, um, and there's there's times when when you know you you may not make it to church. But you know what? That's not all the time. You know there there are people we wish would be here to get to learn about God to get to the same thing to know who God is to be edified and built up. And yet, they're too busy. And I think that's probably part of it here because they're too busy living to really want to know who God is. 
the problem is the what they're living is not really living. It's just um, it's just taking up space. You know, you, you know, you could. What's the Bible say? It says you could gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, what good is it, right? And so there are, are so many people that are so focused on their on their job. They're focused on their um, uh, their hobbies. They're focused on everything else, and they put God way over there, and they they give God time when they have time. Well, before long. But yeah, so uh, so they'll go like, well, I'll make it when I have time, and they become the priesters, right? The the Christmas Easter people. But the the bottom line is, you don't know, you can't learn about God when you put yourself in that position. Okay. There's a lot of that with this COVID too, the shutdowns. People stayed home so long, and some of them had to understand, and I don't have anything against that. But they stay home so long and get used to it and it's more comfortable to listen to it at home. And then, well, you know, I'm fixing breakfast and I didn't get to it. You know, I'm doing this with the kids and I didn't get to it. I'll listen to it later. That's a lot of Satan. I mean, my Wednesday nights, I can't come now because I can't see to drive after work. Okay. So I make it a point to make myself dressed, not my nightgown, dressed, (laughs) sit in my chair, the TV's off, everything else is off, my phone is on because that's where I see it. But if I get a message, I don't pay attention to it. Because You're at church. I'm setting God aside. You're at church. Okay. You're right. There, even in the mega churches, the mega churches have seen a loss of, of people coming yeah. because they got involved in doing other things. And so even the mega churches are totally way out in left field. I, I read one where one was re- reading or writing about the megachurches and, and trends in the megachurches. And they said, well, number one, right now, because of COVID and everything's changed what they have done, that not even the kids' programs are bringing the people into church. Number one, that was the wrong attitude to begin with. You don't go to church because they have a good kids program. Now, I want the church to have a good kids program for my kids, but I don't go to church because they have a kids program. And I have heard so many people say that. I go to this church because they have a really good kids program. Okay, do they preach the Bible? Do do they have do they have classes not for kids but for kids from 1 to 90? Do they do missions? Are they sending people out? Are they training their people? Are, are they doing what's right? Or are you just focused on a, a kid's ministry? A kid's ministry is just one part. If, if they're... I don't want a church that has a good church. Uh, right. Children's ministry. I also want one that has a ministry for me. And I can hear God's word and I can be involved okay. and I can work. Yes. One, one of my old churches that I left, Carrie and I left... They had a survey. They get, they put a survey out to everybody. I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but I don't know who's listening. They put a survey out for everybody. And who was it that that came up with the survey? Carl Young, Freud. It was it was it was based off that that philosophy junk. And they gave us they gave the whole church. Uh, a survey of where your spiritual gifts are and where you will fit into the church. You know what I did with mine? Uh, I'm kind of a radical. Our church had one too. Probably the same one. Yeah, and guess what? Everyone that filled it out 
and turned it back in. And they were going to give you an iPod, an iPad, if you if you if they drew your name, if you turned it back in. Ooh. And uh, anyway, everybody, every, get this, everybody that turned it back in. You know what their spiritual gift was? Their spiritual gift was working in the kids ministry. And if you were ninety five years old. Blind and couldn't walk. Guess what your ministry was? The children's ministry. They wanted everybody to go to the children's ministry. And so much so, Bobby, that they came to me and they said, we will not have a room for an adult Bible class in the church. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm way off. I'm, they, did they have a room for a we were, they were building a new church and they came to our adult class and they told us when we move into the new church building there will not be a space for you guys to meet but we do need you guys in the children's ministry and so basically that was that, that's just what I'm way off track here but but basically mega churches that's how they got pushed. To, to be big, they focused on a kids' ministry, and they knew if they got the kids, they'd get the get the adults. But that could be. But the deal, what you do need a kids' ministry, but that should not be the focus. Okay, so here in the United States, I feel like when they passed the laws that said prayer and Bibles cannot be in the schools, when they did Roe Wade, and also remember, I don't know whether you all were around when you know nothing was open on Sundays right everything was closed yeah the blue laws yeah the blue law and that really you know made sense because people then because you hear a lot of of people saying well their excuse is they've got to go do this and this and this go do all the shopping on Sunday when that's not the important thing yeah yeah our society right now is to the point where Sunday is just another day Mm -hmm. And that's not right. And the bad part is... He's a finance manager at a high-end dealership out in Lynchburg. He said, I said, why did you choose this particular, I mean, like very expensive cars? I wouldn't think too many people would be buying, you know? He said, because we don't work on Sunday. Okay. I was like, okay. Well, good for him. I guess a lot of dealerships out there do because people will shop on a Sunday. Right. So if you're closed, they're going to shop on a Saturday if they want a car. Yeah. It's just an excuse. Let's go back out in the world. I'll go work at Hobby Lobby because they're closed. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. Close early on Wednesday. So, but he, but you know the, the Lord will bless you if you just obey Him. And so that's the problem is is that His people are not obeying Him. They don't want to obey Him, and so it's just a free for all when people don't obey God. It's a free for all with the country. They believe God for so long, and they slide backwards. They believe God for so long, they slide backwards. America doing the same thing. Yes, we are. So, that was point one. Point two, the result is... What do you think the result is of not having truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God? Judgment. Judgment or destruction. Either one of those I'll accept. Not that I'm... uh, I put mine though. If you want brownie points, just put destruction. The result is destruction. Okay, destruction. Okay, 
Now, what I see in verses two through five is that it does. You know, everybody thinks that their sin only affects themselves, but no, it affects other people. But here, it affects creation. Let's look at it in verse uh, chapter four, Hosea, and let's look at two. Um, well, first of all, let's look at two, and it's, he says, by swearing and lying, and I kind of see a progression. I think this is kind of how it goes. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Okay, They break out, meaning it's just a free-for-all, and blood touches blood. Innocent people get murdered and get hurt because of this. And as a result, verse 3 says, Therefore shall the land mourn. So not only are the people in, in agony, the land is in agony, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field. So the animals are even in languish. That is really strange that you think because man is not doing what's right, even the animals are going to be in languish, are going to be hurting as a result. And with the and with the fowls of heaven, yea, even the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. And it's like God is like at this point, He's saying, okay, uh, uh, you know, the the animals are hurting, the 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 birds are hurting, and even the fish. I mean, even the goldfish. You think the goldfish would be hurting because man did something wrong? Yes. We don't. We see that nowadays with our animals the ones that are on the extinction, and because man has you know, ruined things, the oil spill right now in the California coast and what it's doing to the fishes and stuff. I mean, it's going on. Okay. I hadn't thought of it quite like that. you got five of the Ten Commandments that are being hit. Yeah. And right, and so uh, when it talks about blood touching blood, that's just innocent victims being being hurt or murdered, and you know. And so, if you're uh, writing notes, uh, numbers thirty five, thirty three. In fact, let's go there. Go back. To, go back to numbers thirty five. And verse 33. 33 says, So you shall not pollute the land wherein ye are, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed thereon, but by the blood of him that shed it. So they're talking about bloodshed in the land is going to defile the land. And so, I mean, that's things we don't even think about, you know. But when, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the land crying out because of the things that go go on in the land. And, and that fits right in here. So there is going to be destruction, not just of the people, but of the animals. And again... It's a free-for-all when this is taking place. It's just kind of like the animals. Now, some of, most of you have had animals. You know, when the cows get out of the pasture and they get out in the road, what is that? 
It's a free-for-all. It's destruction waiting to happen. I mean, have you ever been there? I mean, I have. I mean, it's like, and then it's like they are going every which way. But it's kind of like herding cats, probably the same way. You have five cats in your house, and they all ran out the door, and you tried to get them back. It'll be a mess. Okay? Um, I've never had to gather chickens too much, but um, what have you had to gather that when they get out, that it's just... If, crazy. If I would let them out at like noon today, it would be hard to get them in before dusk came along. Okay. And be, and I would have to big problem keeping them away from coyotes or keeping coyotes away from them. So it's hard to do it. I mean, it's you have to. I guess I would have to have trained them to always listen to my voice and say, "Come on, chick, 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 chick," and come in. Or, you know, to have something and blow them in or something like that, but wave them in. But it's hard. Yeah. So even... have hogs in it. They're hard to... Oh, they're worse than cattle. They're hard to get. Are they? You know what you want, unless you, you know, bribe them with some food or something. About, and chickens are about that way, too. Yeah, really. right. Okay. You know where they can go get food, you can... So, so we're that's things that we've seen, and yet God's looking at us and thinking people are just like them. It's like once they get out of control, He goes, "It's a mess. I can't get them back in." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's no truth, there's no mercy, and there's no knowledge of God. Of God, and as a result, there is destruction. And uh, point number three says that the reasons are explained in verses six through eight. So we're going to kind of go back around again, back in Hosea, and talk about the reasons again. Let me get back there where I'm at. Hosea 4, verse 6 through 8, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, we already mentioned that, but it kind of went back around, circled back to it. It says, Because they have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So there's two things about the knowledge of God that's in this verse here, verse 6, that they have done. Number one, what was the first one? They rejected it. So they have rejected God's law. What else? And they forgot. So they've rejected God's law and they forgot God's word. And and let me let me throw this out because I, I this is really important. It's not because they did not have God's law. Get let that sink in. It's not because they didn't have it. Does that kind of remind you today? Is the Word of God available for people? It's there, but they've rejected it, or they may have forgotten it. But they're basically not focusing on what God's law is. And that's why this is all happening to them. And, and And I think about that, and I just sit there and I go, wow. It's not because they didn't have it. So when God judges people in the United States, they're not going to be able to stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ and go, I didn't, I never heard the gospel. There was never a Bible in the land that I lived. There was not a Bible in my language. Um, no. 
none of them, or if they do, they won't. They won't work. God will laugh at them. Like no, there's, there's, there was the Bible was in your language. It was available for you. And yet, there are churches available, and there were some good Christians available, but you rejected it. Mm-hmm. What about uh, okay, like those tracks? You you were telling us that they're going to Joe. But Joe was distributing or giving them to uh, minister in the mountains or someplace, mm-hmm. and that they're like some sort of an Indian type language. Uh-huh. Okay, so what about the people that are in those unreachable, whatever you call it, like this guy's going, Purdue's okay. going, Ganesh is going? Right. What about those? Well, the Bible says that God lights every man that enters into the world. What? He, he lights every man that enters into the world, John 1, 9. So that tells me the Bible, that God is going to get to every person some light of who he is. And it's how that person responds to that light. And if they respond to it, he gives them more light and he gives them more truth. And to the point where... You know, he does get them the gospel. He does get them to a place where they can understand his word. So even the people that don't have a Bible in their language, even the people that don't have a tract in their language, or nobody may know their language, God will bring somebody to them to give them some light because God will always do what's right. 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 And so, but I mean, but I know people will say, well, what about the guy in Africa that doesn't hear, doesn't have a Bible? Nobody talks to him. How's God going to judge him? God will judge him on the light that he gave him. Okay. Because even the creation, they, should, they know okay. there's a God. Right. So, and it's on the response to that that God will give them more light to the point of getting them to the gospel. Okay. So, Reasons explained, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because, because, not because they didn't have it, because they rejected it and they forgot it. How do you forget God's laws? Right. I, Going long enough that you aren't in it, that you would not, you would forget. Yeah. It. So. Or it's just not, not important enough to bring it to your. Okay. Verse seven says, "As they were increased, so they sinned against me." The more the people increased, and I hear there's a twofold part on this. They're talking about the priest, or they're talking about, uh, let me see, the, the people given the law, when they, but they wasn't doing what was right. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. Uh, the second aspect of this is because when people are increased with goods, they just have a tendency to forget God. Boy, do we see that. When people have money, when they have power, they have position, they don't need God anymore. And it's what they pass down to the next generations. If they didn't do it, they're not going to pass it down to the next. Yeah. The further you get along, the further away from God they get. So, you know, I look at it like, well, if you have money, if you have wealth, then you probably don't really want to know who God is because you got everything you need. So, But with that attitude, it would like all, be all the poor countries of the world that don't have money and wealth, they would all know Jesus. But that's not the case either. 
It all comes down to individual choice, but the reasons explained here was for the lack of knowledge because they rejected it, they forgot it, or maybe they were increased with goods and they didn't want, didn't care. And then we see the last point under here is destruction is explained in verses 9 through 11. 9 through 11 reads, And there shall be like people like priests. Apparently the priest wasn't doing much right. So God says, you know what? You're all going to be in the same boat. And I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings, for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and they shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. So turn over in your Bible to Haggai, and we're going to wrap up with this. I just This reminds me of the prophet Haggai. Now I got to get to Haggai. Okay. Behind Zephaniah, everybody else is probably there and beat me to it. Okay. Haggai, first chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. And I know you've seen this before, but it just reminded me. Because they wasn't doing what was right in this passage because God had told them to build the temple and they had been stopped by the government and they let it sit. And God's like, I'm not happy with you guys. I gave you a commandment and you didn't do it. Verse 6 says, he goes, you have sown much and you bring in little. Are you guys there? Mm -hmm. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them into a bag with holes. And basically saying, guys, you are not prospering because you are not obeying me. Right back to what the destruction was. God said that he would reject them and he would punish them because they wasn't obeying him. And so that's what was going on in Hosea. He says, verse 10, For they shall eat and not have enough. Kind of like planting a garden. You ever plant a garden and it just didn't grow anything for you? Mm-hmm. The weeds took over. Maybe we, need to, maybe we need to sit down and pray when that happens again. I have had two pepper plants and I've, they've been beautiful green all year. They finally now just have a few peppers coming up on them. And I'm like, what is the deal? Pepper plants are usually just fabulous for me. I'm like, I got bushels of them, and this year I can't grow one. And it looks like they may have a few on them about the time frost hits, and that'll be it. And I'm like, maybe I should have been praying because it's not prospering. I know that. It says, For they shall eat and not have enough, and they shall commit whoredom, and they shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord, just like the people in Haggai. And they wasn't obeying the Lord, and God says, I'm not prospering you. And you know what really bugs me, guys? You're not coming to me and asking me why. He goes, The people under Haggai... They were having all these things happening to them, and yet they wouldn't go and cry out to the Lord and ask Him for help and why things were going the way they were. And the, re- the reason that they were going the way they were was because they wasn't obeying Him. And God's like, I'm allowing all this stuff to happen to you because I want you to come to me and I want you to come to your senses. 
and they would not do it. Same thing here in the book of Hosea. So we're going to wrap that up there. Next week I'll talk a little bit about wine and new wine. Uh, verse 11 says, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. So I'll go into that in a little bit of detail and then we'll do the last of the chapter. I, I hate to always correct things, but up there you've got laws <laughs> and it's rural gods rather than it belonging to him. And I don't know whether to say, okay, that needs an apostrophe. Okay. I don't know. You know, I don't know whether you mind my burning it out. That's fine. You can do it. You won't bother me. I, everybody knows I can't spell. And um, like I said, my mind goes a mile a minute, and I'm probably thinking three steps ahead. Second language to girls who were going to be uh, executive bilingual secretaries. You know, I mean, the grammar part just was drilled into my. And, and in high school, I had a grammar teacher, Mrs. Cavanaugh, and she just drilled it into us. And most people didn't like her class. <laughs> We'll see with my handouts before I get here. I can have Carrie correct me, but when I'm up here on my own, I'm just, I'm just, it's, I'm just raw. So, so Carrie's like, "How did you graduate from high school?" And when you can't spell, I'm like, "I don't know." Okay, so, so. Yeah, I guess so. I'm a likable guy. Okay. No, it doesn't bother me. Let's pray and we'll get going. Unfortunately, most people these days in the United States, their grammar is horrible. Yeah. I miss. So. I, I miss that day at school. <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. Let's pray and we'll get going. Father in heaven, we just thank you for loving us. We, we thank you for the Bible that, that shows us our ways. And Lord, I pray that we would not be like the people here with Hosea, that, that the people that here in our class, that we would focus on your laws, that we would focus on pleasing you, and that we would realize that everything good we have comes from you, Lord, and that we need to be serving you with our whole heart. So help us to see the mistakes of the people in Hosea. Help us to... Uh, just uh, uh, make sure that we're not doing them in our life, Lord. So we just pray for our country right now that's that's in a mess. We pray for the churches across our country that are in a mess. But, Lord, help us here to be focused on your word, focused on uh, training people, focused on sending people out, and focused on getting your, your word out around the world that we'd be obedient to your word, doing what you want us to do. And Lord, we we just uh, praise you. We look for you quickly, Lord, and we just uh, ask that you do come quickly. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if I want to say Rex's toolbox, how would I spell that? Okay, so I always thought